Good morning, Goshen College. Good morning, and welcome to the opening convocation of the academic year. My name, yeah, it's applause worthy. My name is Suzanne East. I am a professor of education. I'm also the core curriculum director, and it's in that latter role that I collaborate with campus pastor Jen Shank to oversee our chapel convo programming. And it is such a privilege to get to be the one who stands up here on this stage with this view of the gathered body that is Goshen College for the academic year 2023-24. Y'all are looking good. It's nice to see you here. I also want to extend a special welcome to our additional guests who are up here on the stage with me. This is our college kindergarten class. They... They meet here in this building, and they're a part of the Goshen public school system. And kindergartners, President Becky specially requested that you be here with us today for the first part of our convocation. So when she talks, she's going to explain a little bit more about why she wanted you here. So this is my fourth year in this role. It's the fourth year that I get to stand up on this stage and welcome folks to the beginning of the academic year. So if you do the math, you realize my first year doing this was the fall of 2020, when COVID was unfolding and we were all trying to figure out how to do this in-person college thing in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. And as I was preparing for this, I kept thinking about you seniors who were first year students here with me four years ago at the start of that COVID crazy year. If you were a first year student in the fall of 2022, would you raise your hand so we can see who survived? 2020, sorry, 2020. <laughs> All right. So. That was a clunky year. I kept saying it felt like we were working twice as hard for results that were half as good. So for those of you who have stuck with Goshen College through that and been a part of this community, thank you for making it to this point in your career. That year, we mostly streamed our chapels and convocations instead of meeting in this space. But for the opening convo, it felt important to have the first year students experience this space. So for the opening convo, I don't know if any of you remember, we had just the first year students here. We put hymn books on the benches six feet apart to indicate where you could sit. The president and I both spoke through our masks because we didn't know if it was okay to take them off up here. And we did not sing the alma mater. <laughs> 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 I, 
I also recall that there were some older students who really, really, really wanted to make sure we would do the annual applause tunnel tradition. The applause tunnel has become this tradition that we will do again today. So at the end of Convo, I will dismiss you by class, starting with the seniors and then the juniors, and you'll exit out these north doors and you will make a tunnel. And you will applaud the classes that come through that tunnel after you, ending with the first years. Now, first years often find it a little bit embarrassing. Some folks don't join, they go out the opposite doors. Some people probably think it's kind of a little silly. But in that COVID year, it felt extra important to some students to have that tradition happen. And so we did. We made it happen. Traditions and rituals orient us. They remind us of who we are as a community and who we aspire to be. And that tradition reminds me of our ideals of joy and welcome. We make a tunnel, we clap, then go eat snacks. <laughs> it seems simple, but in that ritual, we're reminding ourselves to be co-creators of a space where everyone feels celebrated for showing up just as they are. Colleges are fluid places. Every year, we lose a quarter of our student body to graduation, and a quarter of our student body is new. Who we are changes with each rotation of the academic year. But we also work to establish through lines related to who we are as a campus and what we are about. And Wednesday's chapel and convo time is a space where we focus on those through lines. We lift up and examine the values and ideals that center our work at Goshen College. We have a great fall lineup of chapels and convocations, and you can find information about that in the usual spots. There are posters hanging around campus. You can find the schedule on the Chapel Convo website, and your Google calendars should also be populated with the chapels and convocations. Of course, there are always announcements in the communicator as well about what's coming up. We've also implemented a pre-convo announcement slide deck. There's so much information coming at us from so many different directions. And so as you're coming into convo, there will always be a slide deck circulating with announcements and things we want you to pay attention to. If you have an announcement that you want to get in front of the students in this way, send me a pre-formatted slide 24 hours in advance and we will get that in. And as you come into this space at the beginning of Convo, look up and notice the slides circulating. Put your phones away, put your homework away, pay attention to what the campus community wants you to know about, and get ready to be present to whatever is offered in this space. So now we'll turn our attention to another tradition, our president's opening address. President Rebecca Stoltzfus, or Becky as she's known to many, started in her role here in 2017. She graduated from Goshen College in, does anybody know what the president's undergrad major was? You can shout it out if you do. Chemistry, yes. And then she went on to get her master's and PhD from Cornell University. 
She has been a professor and researcher with a focus on nutrition, malnutrition, and global public health. And when she is not fearlessly and joyfully leading Goshen College, she enjoys singing, cooking, being a mom to her two adult children, and winning, sometimes, at pickleball. <laughs> Please welcome Becky to the stage. So good morning, Goshen College, and welcome to fall 2023. It is fantastic to be here, and I'm really delighted to be with each one of you. I'm excited for what the year will bring. Goshen College engages with our local community in a wide variety of ways. And one of those ways is through our college kindergarten. And so I'm really delighted that our college kindergartners are with us this morning. And so representing all of the many community members with whom we serve and learn, I wonder whether our kindergarten children would stand for a few moments so that we can see you. Yeah, hold your applause. We're, yeah, all right. Yeah. And to the grown-ups in this gathering, if you attended our college kindergarten, please stand. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and dance teacher Catherine is here too. Children, we are so lucky and happy that you're part of Goshen College. Going to kindergarten is a big deal. And we each remember our first day at school. And now some of us are in our 16th year of school. Yeah. We are really excited for you. And we know that you have a lot to do this morning. So now is the time for you to return to your classroom. But we'd like you to walk out through this aisle, if you could. And our grown-up students would like to give you a round of applause one more time for being kindergartners. So wonderful. That's, that's a big memory when you're five years old. So thank you for creating that. Okay, seriously, um, I want to begin this morning with a few thoughts about ketchup. Ketchup is a fantastically delicious condiment. 
Yeah? And have you ever wondered why? Well, there are five known fundamental tastes in the human palate. Salty, sweet, sour, bitter, and umami. Umami, if you've never heard of it, is the savory, proteiny taste that we get from meat or soy sauce or mushrooms. Well, ketchup delivers all five of these flavors. Ketchup, according to food scientists, has the critical dimension of amplitude, the word that sensory experts use to name flavor synergy. Flavors that are so well blended and balanced that they bloom in your mouth. Ketchup is salty, sweet, sour, bitter, and umami in perfect synergy. And you love it. Jeremy Corson, our chef, reports that we collectively consume about 10 gallons of ketchup per week on campus. <laughs> or 150 gallons per semester. It beats ranch dressing three to one. <clears throat> so synergy is an interaction or a cooperation between different things that give rise to something greater than the simple sum of its parts. The term synergy comes from the Greek language, and it literally means working together. But synergy is qualitatively different from two things or two people doing the same thing side by side. Mathematically, that would be additive. One plus one equals two. Synergy is more than that, and it arises from differences working together. One plus a different one becomes greater than two. Synergy is sweet, and synergy is all around us in flavors, in music, on teams, in relationships, and business, and biology. So let me tell you a story. Long ago, in 1929, Ori J. Eichstee arrived at Goshen College. Ori was a farm boy from Illinois. He attended high school in the years of the Great Depression, and by his own account, his high school education was poor, very poor. In the middle of the 1920s, his high school had a total of four teachers. The only sciences they taught were math and physics. He came to Goshen on an athletic scholarship in an era before Goshen had intercollegiate athletics. But intramural sports were a passion then as they are now. And Ori participated in nearly every sport, but most of all, he could jump and run. In 1930, he held GC's winning marks in pole vault, high jump, long jump, the 220-yard dash, and the 110-yard dash. It's before we switched to meters. Ori ran the 110-yard dash in 10.8 seconds. Now, according to Justin DeWeese, our sports information director, if any of you could run the 100-meter dash at that pace, it would break our school record today. So, go for it. Beat Ori, and let me know if you do. Our Eichstee track is named in honor of Ori J. Eichstee.
Dr. S.A. Whitmer, a biology professor and the namesake of our Whitmer Woods, which is by the college cabin, became Ori's favorite teacher and inspiration. Ori took every class Dr. Whitmer taught, botany, zoology, bacteriology, genetics. He took his first course in genetics and he fell in love with Gregor Mendel and his peas, how traits in peas could be followed from generation to generation. He would go back to the dorm and explain it to all of his friends. Let's pay attention to this synergy happening. First, Ori himself was not one thing, and neither are you. He was a farmer, a competitive athlete, a budding botanist with a mind for math. Each person here is many things, and it is the work of a lifetime to discover the many parts of yourself and how they work together to best effect. You have synergies within you and around you waiting to be discovered. And the way to discover synergy is to approach differences, variety, diversities within you and around you with curiosity and openness to the possibility that this different part of yourself this other human being who seems so unlike you, this saltiness, the bitterness, the manifold magnificence of the world offers you something. Engaging difference with open curiosity is a superpower. This morning, we got to be with kindergartners. Children need grown-ups. They need our care and attention. Research also shows that when adults are with children, we are more generous and kind. Another example of synergy across life stages. Children have a positive effect on us for many reasons. One of them is that the shortcomings that we perceive within ourselves often don't matter to children. As one psychologist describes it, children offer us an unusual level of unconditional positive regard. And that is such a relief in a world that can feel very harsh and judgmental. What if we offered one another an unusual level of unconditional positive regard? Ibu Patel, a Muslim interfaith leader and friend of GC, recently wrote, in popular discourse, there's a model of social change that seems to say that if I tell you how much I hate you and totally delegitimize you, then something better will rise up from the ground. That's craziness. He goes on to say, responsible civic institutions need to ensure that America's religious traditions are not forfeited to the nefarious forces of prejudice extremism, and division. Faith must be a bridge to deeper understanding and stronger social cohesion, not further polarization. This space in which we gather for chapels and convocations is a sanctuary, which means it is a place of refuge and protection. We share this building with a church, College Mennonite Church, or CMC, 
which has been a part of this college since 1903. These people are the CMC pastoral team, and you might see them around. Like the kindergartners, they share our campus. They're part of who we are. CMC pastors, if any of you are here, please give us a wave. Hi, Phil. <clears throat> Their offices are in the corner of the building closest to the newcomer center. They welcome you to Sunday worship in this space at 9.30 a.m. in English or at 11.30 in Spanish. Our relationship with CMC is synergistic. Neither the church nor the college would enjoy this beautiful sanctuary or the fellowship hall or the college kindergarten without this partnership. CMC is currently providing financial assistance to 19 of our international students. They are also assisting more than 20 refugee families who have relocated to our community. Up there, on the balcony behind those screens, is a logistical staging area for household resources and clothing that are being moved out to people arriving in our community from other nations, often with no material possessions. This sanctuary, shared by the college and the church, is a space that holds many cultures and perspectives. Indeed, the capacity to consider something from multiple perspectives, to think otherwise, is an essential trait for innovation. Perspective-taking, or the ability to think otherwise, is also the basis of good decision-making. And it is why diverse teams outperform teams made of similar people. Teams that share too much in common fall comfortably into groupthink, in which people reinforce a single perspective. And you know what? That actually feels really good in the moment. But groupthink leads to poor decisions. In contrast, diverse teams use their capacity to think otherwise Asking questions like, but is that true? What do you see in this? Say more about that. Considering the perspective of another, especially someone from outside your identity group, may seem counterintuitive and may feel uncomfortable, but the payoff can be huge. Good leaders make it a habit. So back to Ori. After graduating from GC, Ori earned a PhD in botany and worked his way to the forefront of genetics <clears throat> at Cold Spring Harbor Laboratories, where he worked next door to Barbara McClintock, who won a Nobel Prize for her work on genetics in corn. And then in 1948, Ori met a Japanese scientist, H. Kihara, at a dinner party of international plant breeders in Stockholm, Sweden. A truly unlikely encounter between leading scientists from the U.S. and Japan after the terrible events that divided our nations in World War II. Kihara was working with watermelons, a plant that is especially prone to genetic changes and which also produces an enormous and delicious fruit. His work caught Ori's attention and they decided to collaborate. A truly sweet synergy between two scientists from across the world blending science, farming, and entrepreneurship 
building upon each other's work, they finally achieved their aim, to reliably produce seeds that would generate seedless watermelons that are crisp, crimson, and sweet inside, that resist disease and are sturdy in transport. So thanks to a fellow maple leaf, we all enjoy seedless watermelon today. Seedless varieties now account for more than 90% of the watermelon market in the United States. Ori sold his company in 1999, and lawyers made him sign a non-compete agreement to ensure that he would not come up with any new idea that would outdo the patents he had just sold. <laughs> he laughed when he recounted this story. He was, after all, 91. And now we turn to another alum, Shashi Bulaswar. Shashi came to Goshen College from Calcutta, India, and studied computer science and business. With an MBA and a PhD in artificial intelligence, Shashi now teaches at UC Berkeley and works towards solutions for global poverty. In 2021, he established the Global Citizenship Award for GC students in their third year of study who represent our core values in exceptionally synergistic ways. The five GC core values are servant leadership, passionate learning, compassionate peacemaking, and global citizenship, all of which arise from our commitment to be Christ-centered. Students were nominated for this award by faculty and wrote an application essay. This is a highly selective award, and I want to commend every student who was nominated. I'm thrilled this morning to announce the 2023 winners of the Global Citizenship Award, all of whom are seniors this year and are here with us this morning. So I'd like you to hold your applause until all three winners are announced, and we will applaud for all of them at once. The first of two runners-up who will receive a $5,000 scholarship is Bongiwe Nkube. Bongiwe is a molecular biology major nominated by Professor Neil Detweiler. In her essay, Bongiwe wrote about the synergy between reason and revelation. She wants to serve diverse communities as a physician and wrote that it is imperative for her to have a holistic approach to human health, seeing the divine spark in every person. Last summer, Bongawe did research at Stanford University and she presented her work at an American Heart Association conference last fall. Bongawe is from Zimbabwe, a country that has experienced economic instability for decades and is no stranger to continuous currency depreciation. Bongawe wrote, I have learned at GC that service is a non-depreciating currency. Congratulations, Bongiwe. <laughs> See, I knew you wouldn't be able to hold your applause. Okay, that's okay, just go with it. All right, the second runner-up, also receiving a $5,000 scholarship, is Caleb Shank. Caleb is an accounting major from Goshen with minors in Spanish and Bible and religion, nominated by faculty of the business department. We describe Goshen College as a place where everything connects, and that is certainly true for Caleb. 
Caleb writes for the record, competes on the men's tennis team, sings in Vox Profundi Choir, won the 2022 Crossword Scholarship, and competed in GC's C. Henry Smith Peace Oratorical Contest. Caleb wrote that leadership for him involves listening and being intentional about where he works, seeking out diverse opinions, working with fair trade businesses, partnering with the church, and using his minor to work with Spanish-speaking people. Congratulations, Caleb. And the recipient of the $10,000 Global Citizen Scholarship is Jakaira Green, nominated by Duane Stoltzfus, Professor of Communication. Jakaira is an English and Education double major from Elkhart. Jakaira was co-editor of the record last year with Mariela Esparza, and they used that forum to center voices and topics of diverse members of our community. Jakaira was awarded first place from the Indiana Collegiate Press Association for a feature news article in the record. She served as president of the Black Student Union and was the winner of the C. Henry Smith Peace Oratorical Contest. Jakaira is grateful for GC's SST programs, but she also understands that being a global citizen does not require traveling abroad. She wrote, limiting our circle to what's familiar hinders our ability to grow and learn. We must ask ourselves, how can I empathetically surround myself with those who are different? Congratulations, Jakaira. And could all three of you stand, please? Jakaira and... Caleb and Bonyway, wherever you are. And to each and every one of you, enjoy the manifold magnificence within you and between you. Be open, be curious, be flavorful. Use your superpowers to create sweet synergy. And now, I welcome to the podium Scott Hostetler, professor of music, who's going to lead us in singing the alma mater together. Ready? Sure. Many of us are stressed and anxious, and group singing helps reduce stress and anxiety. Singing together at Goshen is also an important act of community that we do. And if what we are about to do is even mildly interesting to any of you, <laughs> students, you should come to try out choir today at 4 o'clock. No audition required. Athletes in the off-season, I'm talking to you. Really, I'm talking to all of you. Come at four and try out choir. There's paletas, too. So let's now stand and learn our alma mater. Some of you know this. Some of you do not. Oops. 
The words and the music are up on the screens. They're a little tiny. Those of you who know it, sing out nice and strong. I sing, then you sing. Okay? There's a spot in Indiana. Everybody needs to do it. It feels good. It reduces stress. There's a spot in Indiana. There's a spot in Indiana. Where the leafy maple grows. Is our dear beloved city. Where the Elkhart River flows. I like that low bass stuff, that's good too. Tis a spot we love most dearly. Tis a spot we'll cherish long. After youth and strength have faded. And the world has heard our song. Now I expect that to be sung very, very well at the soccer game tonight. Is that right, Cormac? Cormac was telling me. So, e so even if you don't really sing well, Sing with strength. All right, I would like to teach more, but we went a little long, so now we're gonna do all of it together. When we get to the chorus, everybody, the chorus, please just sing the melody the first time. Don't be all fancy and do parts, okay? <laughs> On the second verse, then you may sing the parts. Okay, here we go. Hmm. There's a spot in Indiana where the leafy maple grows. Tis our dear beloved city. 